Welcome to Abiding in Christ. Acts 17.28 says, In Christ we live and move and have our being. This program is designed to instill in you that all your needs are met when you put Jesus Christ first in your life. Listen now to the Holy Spirit as a Bible teacher and host, Leisha Cantrell, reveals the Word of God. Partakers of the Divine Nature. 2 Peter 2-4 through 4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Through these He has given us His precious and magnificent promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Now that you have escaped the corruption that is in the world caused by evil desires, carnal desires called lusts, Hebrews 4.12, God's word is living and active. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest that, so that no one will fall by following the same pattern of disobedience as of those in the desert. For the word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces even to dividing soul and spirit. The soul is the thoughts and the emotions, and that's where the struggle for in spiritual warfare always is, is between our natural faculties and the spirit. And this is why uh, even in the fact of Hebrews 4.12, where God's word is living and active, it comes right down to um, if we're living by God's word, even if what we're believing for, um, what we believe in, is not evident to the natural senses, the, the taste, the smell, the touch, um, and the sight and hearing. So this was the dividing factor in the Garden of Eden that they did not stay with God's word because of God and his character, but rather what they could discern with their natural faculties, because that's the way of death. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. So God causes us to count the cost. So let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, that rest in him, not in what we can be in control of what we can conquer with our natural faculties. If, it, if something comes up that needs to have uh, be handled, uh, we go to God's word and do things his way. That's the covenant walk, and that's fundamental to fulfilling our eternal destiny. Let us make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following the same pattern of disobedience as those who trusted in their senses. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And these are all factors that we'll be facing at the judgment seat of Christ. We're judged on our motives and our ability and the circumstances, but he looks right at the thoughts and intents of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. 
everything is uncovered and exposed before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. But of course, we're not in this by ourselves. That's what we have the Holy Spirit to guide us. We just need to stay in step with him and obedience to him and evaluate that is what is God's will in a situation. Proverbs 11, 24 to 26, one gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds what is right only to become poor. A generous soul will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself or herself be refreshed. The people will curse the hoarder of grain but blessing will crown the one who sells it. And in the Amplified Translation, a generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched. And he who waters will himself be watered, reaping the generosity he himself has, sh has sown. In the unleashing of power when you trust Jesus Christ as your savior, the power of God Almighty is unleashed in your life. God's desire is that we seek him and his resources for all the needs of our life. Remember, we're not going to uh, see, see, where is God? Well, now then you're looking with your natural senses. So you look to the word of God and you bring everything else into control, casting down every vain imagination and everything that rises up against God himself. God's desire is that we seek him and his resources for all the needs of our life. God has made all power available to those who come to him in prayer. And in coming to him, our prayers are guided by his word, which makes much power available. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 through 11 is our covenant all time, all things section. Verse 8 has more superlatives than any other verse in the Bible. God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you in abundance, so that you may always and under all circumstances, and whatever the need, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable don donation. As it is written, the benevolent person scatters abroad, giving to the poor his or her deeds of justice and goodness and kindness, and benevolence will go on and endure forever. Psalm 112, 9. And God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating, will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Isaiah 55:10 and Hosea 10:12. Thus you will be enriched in all things in every way, so that you can be generous, and your generosity, as it is administered by us, will bring forth thanksgiving to God. Second Peter 2:4. His divine power has given us all things. What a phrase, all things. Jesus said with God, all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26, Romans 8, 28. says, we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. 
Do you need joy, a heart of holy happiness that comes from Christ and keeps us buoyant in life? 1 Peter 1, 8 through 9. Joy unspeakable. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Do you need help discarding shame and guilt? His power applied to your life by the blood of Jesus Christ is the world's greatest cleansing agent. Do you need wisdom to deal with your problems? Christ is both the power of God and the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1.24 He will guide you through the trials and and trails of life. Do you need enough energy to fulfill God's work and and will for your life day by day. The Bible says we are strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, Colossians 1.11. When you hear things that Jesus heals, that he takes care of our financial needs, that he's our all in all, um, it it may seem to you that um, how can that be true given my circumstances, but then you're reverting to Um, your natural faculties, the empirical evidence of taste, touch, smell, hearing, and seeing. Whereas we know God in the spirit, we are spirits, and he is training us so that spiritually we're prepared for heaven. So remember when you hear the word and it doesn't sound right given your circumstances, you need to shift things around and say, well, I accept God's word and then, you, you you know, the Holy Spirit is in prayer with you because Romans 8.32 says we don't know what to pray for as we ought. That's a given. You know, we're here. We're being trained. We're not coming to God as though, you know, we got it all that when we made Jesus Lord of our lives. That's opening the door, but uh, not in your own strength, for it is Christ who is all the while by the Holy Spirit working within you to will and do of his good pleasure, Philippians um, 2.13. Philippians 4.13, put simply, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Peter writes a letter of hope. The hope he proclaims is not what we call a fond hope. We cherish fond hopes because they're so fragile. We hope against hope because we do not really expect what we hope for. But Peter writes of a sure hope, a hope that holds the future in the present because it is anchored in the past. Peter hopes for God's salvation, God's deliverance from sin and death. His hope is sure because God has already accomplished his salvation and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Whatsoever you want, you must say it. You must step out in faith and say it and then the uh, evidence follows. So your confession rules your life. What you say is what is going to happen in your life. So you can take the scriptures, get scriptures in certain areas, thematic, um, so that you can apply these to your situation. And as the more that you read them, because they're living and active, they're They separate the soul from the spirit. They bring the grace of God. The Holy Spirit will work with you and quicken them to you. That's the only way 
that that's going to work because you can't get it by your natural faculties. The resurrection of Jesus was a life-changing reality for Peter. When Jesus died on the cross, it was the end of all Peter's hopes. He knew only bitter sorrow for his own denials. The dawn could not bring hope. With the crowing of the cock, he heard the echo of his curses. But Jesus did not stay dead. On that Easter morning, Peter learned from the women of the empty tomb and the message of the angels. He went running to the tomb and saw its evidence. He left in wonder, but Jesus remembered Peter and appeared to him even before he came to eat with the disciples in the upper room. Hope was reborn in Peter's heart. With the sight of his living Lord, now Peter writes to praise God for that living hope. The resurrection did much more than restore his master to him. The resurrection crowned the victory of Christ, his victory for Peter, for Peter, and for those to whom he writes. The resurrection shows that God has made the crucified both Lord and Christ. At the right hand of the Father, Jesus rules until the day he will come to restore and renew all things. Grace and peace to you. Many people like to get a fast response for prayer requests, so I'm giving you my post office box number so that you can send a letter and make a prayer request or send a donation that way. Write to Abiding in Christ Ministries, Leisha Cantrell, P.O. Box 460512, Denver, Colorado, 80246. You may also listen to the programs again and download them, as well as find contact information on 670kltt.com on the weekday program guide. Click on Abiding in Christ Ministries, Leisha Cantrell, and you'll be right there at my website. Thank you for joining me weekly here at Abiding in Christ Ministries for Kingdom, Covenant, and Mediator. 